What's up, everybody? It's Aaron and Nicole. This is Dude That's Fucked Up. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, well, here we are. Here we are. What's up? We're laughing. We're having a good time already. Um, boy, oh boy. Wow. I'm so excited for today. It is mm. uh, such a fun wild ride. And uh, opening up my eyes and ears, my eyes and oh, I guess it could be your ears and my um, heaving bosom to a whole new world that like I have never explored. Mm, okay. All right, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to get into it. Oh, my God. Before we do, do we have any business to attend to? Um, I don't think we have any biz this week. Um, just that our we just have the store that we launched. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I think check it out. For sure. We have all kinds of new stuff in our store on our website. It's dtfupodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just did a, a – we're – doing some drop shipment we designed some new merch for the peeps so check that out um we also have a great patreon situation happening Mm -hmm. if you want to get into that get involved uh oh my god patreon.com slash dtfu podcast if you need more content yeah i don't know why you would but hey bless your heart if you do Or like, yeah, uh, no. also, if you just want more unfiltered content mm. from us, like we're in that behind Discord. the paywall, Oh, behind the paywall, bitch. And it is uh, I do sometimes like I'll type something out and then I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say this. But then sometimes I don't care. <laughs> bitch, I'm sharing in the discord. I'm sharing pics of my cats, <laughs> of Jack, of Damien, of, uh, you know, dildos that I've found in Home Depot parking lots, you know, oh, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lowe's technically. Lowe's but. technically. Lowe's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Um, it's fun stuff. We have we're having a good time. It's a party. So fun. Um, All our internet friends are there. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the biz. That's the biz, baby. Do you have anything fucked up this week? Well, you know what? Everything is so fucked in the worst fucking ways that I'm going to give us some good, good news only. I'm going to talk about taking jack to legoland last week yeah it was delightful and so much fun and i saw nicholas holt oh in all his six foot three glory he is hot in person it was great what a time oh my god of course he was hot in person there's no way that man is not hot in person he's a movie star he's a movie star and i feel like he's one of those movie stars where like i mean correct me if i'm wrong i wasn't there but I feel like if I saw him in person, he would have like, you know, like the glimmer of a celebrity. Sometimes when you see him, like their skin is that much like more nice. Their hair is that much like I feel like did he just have like he was like dipped in a little bit of shimmer? You know. Yes, only because he's tall, I think. Oh, but truly, he just was like seemed like I I didn't even notice him because he was so unassuming and just like with his his you know his little family, family. his little yeah. little boy and his his partner and 
and I, I don't think they're married. I don't think she is his his wife, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um, but she's a beautiful model. So she was oh, like, stunning. but she was like, she was stunning, but she was just like, they both were just like in the mode of like being parents and just like in this like unassuming way. And yeah. like, you know, they weren't being like, I don't know. Like, I just almost didn't notice them be- until DJ was like, DJ just has, he has this very, uh, my sixth sense, my, my, uh, mutant ability is to find things. Oh. I have a, I have a very witchy, uh, ability to find people in crowds and lost items. Mm. Um, with the, you know, pretty, pretty good results. DJ's uncanny witchy ability is to identify people from any movie any commercial any fucking little teen he is imdb in a fucking human form i am so, dj i am dj <laughs> <laughs> so he goes that's nicholas holt right there oh and i was my like God. what with a and, name and everything not even just like oh, yeah. oh that guy's famous i know him from something like sometimes he doesn't know the name but he knows the exact fucking year of the movie yeah. of the fucking you know like mini series whatever yeah. that came what channel it came on in the the 90s like he is he's on it so that's but the love interest Nicholas from Holt. 2002 2002 swept away starring madonna and you're like yeah, what? <laughs> seriously <laughs> uh i'm not kidding he he could do it you know he'd be like that guy was in a prilosec commercial from <laughs> 2018 Prilosec 2018. Yeah. It ran yeah. for approximately three weeks. Uh, their their buy was probably eighty percent prime time, twenty percent uh, morning talk show. Um, yeah, they ran thirties and sixties. Oh my! I am God. not kidding. He could do it. So that is so it was, funny. And Jack was an angel. We didn't bring Damien with us. We left Damien at the grand at grandparents' house, and yeah. we it was just uh, a Jack a Jack event. Jack exclusive. And exclusive and he fucking was such a good buddy he went on all the it's like legoland is for little kids you know it's not it's yeah yeah yeah. it doesn't have the like you know gnarly rides like a a magic mountain or a nuts berry farm or Mm -hmm. you know whatever would have so um even you know disneyland has some little you know more more oomph to it um yeah legoland is very much for like I think like three to seven year olds, maybe. Oh, okay. It's nice. Um, yeah. So it was very chill. The vibe was cool. It was like very much like little kids, and oh, and he loved and it. It was just cute, and it was just so cute. It was so oh precious, God. and he loved it. And it was, it was, it was, this is the kind of shit where it's like, oh yeah, like I don't know. It's it's really nice. It's like starting to get more and more fun and. The fun parenting like, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So out of the slog. Was, out of the slog, yeah. It was really nice. So Ugh. nothing fucked up because everything else is too fucked up. So Oh that's my god. It. Wait, can what I ask you? a question? Well, before I get into oh. mine, can I ask a question about um so you said you can you're a good finder of stuff. Do you mm-hmm. mean like when DJ's looking for something and he can't find it and then you just like beeline and find it? Yeah. That's because they don't look. They say That's they're true. looking, but this happens mm. with Pete all the time. He'll be like, I can't find this thing. And it's like, well, did you look here? Yeah, I looked there. I walk over there. I look in that spot. I go, it's right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
Oh. It's certainly that, but also <laughs> DJ's DJ is actually very good at not losing things. Like he keeps yeah, track yeah. of his shit. So you know, he, he yeah. he's a, a mise en place kind of person. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So when he does lose something, it, it, it drives him up the fucking wall mm-hmm. and he can't handle it. Things that he doesn't necessarily isn't good at finding are condiments in the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, a pair of shoes. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, well, his mise en place, his shoes should be where they should be. And that's why. You or know, like so. a water bottle. It's like, I just had it and I set it down. I swear I just set it down right here. And it's like two inches from there. And you're like, it is, it is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll be <laughs> like, grab, grab a that pacifier over there and he's like where what huh <laughs> so, yeah no offense dude you're great at so many things but. yeah 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 i i hate to blow up pete's spot too but it's no. uh, a funny game but it's not that it funny because re- i'm always like i'm gonna walk over there and i remember my mom doing this to us as a kid and maybe that's why i i got this superpower but it's like like oh I can't find this thing and it's like did you are you looking hard enough (laughs) did you did you actually look did you open your eyes and use them yeah it's like I just move one piece of paper or like one thing and there it is it's like you but you so you looked but you didn't like actually go through anything over here Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. got it yeah oh oh my gosh yeah my fucked up of the week well um yeah you know Oh, just what a time to be alive. I feel very, um, I guess I will talk about kind of what's going on in Texas. Um, I don't like trigger warning. It's all over the news, but obviously there was another school shooting. Add it to the fucking list of this country's like deepest, shameful, most embarrassing, tragic, could have been prevented events. Mm -hmm. And my like, I'm just so mad that the response from some people has been like, this is like an initial response, you know, but it's like, oh, well, that's why you got to get out there and vote. And I just want to scream at someone like I did vote for people. They're not doing anything like what? Like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. When does this all change type feelings? I'm sure that (sighs) I'm sure everyone's feeling. Yeah, I th- I think that's why the other day I said uh, when, you know, we we're talking about Roe being overturned, yeah. I was like, I, I hate to be like beating it. Like I, I was like I being kind of reticent to say, yeah, make sure you're registered to vote, vote, whatever, because yeah. it's like that refrain is just so um, I don't know. It's so it's so tired at this point. We're 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 tired of voting for for people who aren't doing anything or or, yeah. or aren't fighting. And I have seen, you know, Chris Murphy was like extremely like explicit in his speech on the Senate floor. And then I love seeing Beto like interrupt yeah. Greg Abbott's um a press conference, his yeah. bullshit pre- press conference, you know, shit like that, where it's just like, just have an, a fucking iota of a backbone I know. and let's do something like I want to see action. I don't want to hear this like, well, you just got to get the votes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. it's like, OK, I know, you know, I, I get it. 
I, I totally get, it. get what you're saying. And we still have to. And maybe that's mm-hmm. just like the feeling of people being like talking to us even and like don't get despondent. Like just just do keep doing the work. Get out there. Know who your candidates are. Know what they support and all of the things that are important. And mm-hmm. like but I don't know. There's just something about like the whole. I don't know. It's so hard because our government is just like. It's at such a fucking standstill, it feels like, or, or it's going backwards. And it's just like this, it, it makes me feel like an insane person. I just have such a huge problem. And this has been something that's been like growing on me, but just like money in politics, like lobbying, everything is trash. The whole system's broken. Like it, it's mm-hmm. the fact that people's votes are are bought essentially by lobbyists for a a myriad of reasons like there's so many reasons that people vote the way they do and it's not representative of the people that that are in their you know in their like towns and and in their states and stuff it's like not Mm -hmm. representative of the best interest for them it's in the best interest of like future relationships and like their next election and it's such a gross like like pseudo celebrity game that's being played Mm -hmm. and it's not you know like these are public servants but that's not how they act at all especially some of the most hated republicans you know and and the democrats too you know it's like just a game that's everybody's playing to get reelected and to like stay favored and say the right things and it's like why don't you just do the right thing and don't worry about a tweet and like fucking a jimmy fallon appearance and shit Well, because it is such a fine line to walk, like you have to, you do have to play this game to stay noticed, to like be in the public eye. If you're doing good things, won't you be in the public eye and be favored? Like if you're making shit happen, like, and you have receipts and you can be like, these are, if you stop playing the game everyone else is playing and you're like, I'm just going to get shit done. I mean, it's hard because there's a lot of reasons why you can't get things done, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm just so frustrated and and was just like really in my feelings today about everything. And I mean, I, I I'm I've been crying almost every hour. Yeah. Since the shooting happened, I cannot believe this has happened again. That oh my God. little, you know, babies are. It's <sighs> been like 20 years of this for us. I mean, I remember Columbine. Like, yeah, that's what was, I'm saying. Like, you know, yesterday, and and we were in high and school. now, and now people who grew up having school shooter drills are, are are adults and possibly even becoming school shooters, and they know all of the fucking tricks of the trade because they have been in school learning about exactly what the what's going to happen in a lockdown. So, what's yeah. the point of them anymore? And you know, it really kills me. Thinking about my mom, who is a fourth grade teacher, mm-hmm. who has she's part of her 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 school district's union. She has to fucking fight for every single fucking dollar she gets, mm-hmm. for every single dollar that any teacher gets paid, and they still are fucking underpaid. And I guarantee, every single in every town across this country, every single police department is better funded. Oh yeah. To the nth degree than any school district and that shit fucking kills me and it 
I cannot wait for the day my mom is retired and out of yeah out of teaching because I'm so fucking scared for her. Yeah. I don't want her I don't want her to be in this job anymore and I don't want to be freaked out thinking about my mom and I don't want to be you know my kid goes to a fucking Jewish preschool. Yeah. And I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired of it. I don't give a fuck about people's guns. I will Ugh. take them from you. I'll fucking come to your house yeah. and take them from you. I don't give yeah. a shit. Get a better fucking hobby, you fucking small dick, <laughs> pussy ass bitch. The only reason you have fucking guns is because you're scared of everything. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, my God. It is. Fuck and off. that's like not the person we should be giving a gun to. P.S. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, if you really think you need a gun because people are coming for your jobs or your house or whatever, like. Let's take a breath. Let's take a moment. Let's talk about that feeling and let's put you in therapy. Um, You're talking about hypotheticals. A with a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need a gun for hypotheticals. And oh yet God. in the meantime, the things that happen with because of guns are not hypothetical anymore. Yeah. They're happening. People, school Mass shootings, school shootings are happening. And oh there's just God. like dead kids now because these stupid ass it's People so can't. fucking stupid. It's so I, it's so it's like, how has this not been addressed yet? And all those it, tweets it, are just so maddening from literally any politician. I don't want to see your fucking goddamn tweet. Get in your office and write some fucking legislation and put it out there and then fucking hold everyone hostage until we vote on it. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think it was, uh, I think she's like a writer or actress or something. Yeah. Uh, she was tweeting every single time a Republican tweeted, you know, our, my condolences, thoughts and prayers, whatever. She tweeted exactly how much money they'd taken from the NRA. Yeah. Like millions as a retweet, and millions and millions quote, of dollars. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty great. Um, this is what I'm saying. This is like fucking mm-hmm. money in politics. It's like, no, the, you should not be able to be bought by these organizations. It's insane. Also, I was listening to the Attitudes uh, podcast recently and they were ta- this is they were this is like an old episode. They were talking about like the the um, the leak from the Supreme Court about Roe and mm-hmm. they were just like, I'm so fucking sick and tired of my life being like being dictated by this piece of paper from the late 1700s that had literally nothing to do with me as a woman as a person of color as a queer person like this is so maddening and like that's literally you know it's like yeah we don't need these things for any reason nobody needs one like like it's so dumb it's so there's no reasoning there's no there could not be any more of a there's no excuse for it anymore. Yeah. And fucking, you know, Scotland had a school shooting back in the 90s. 26 kids died. They, yeah. they, you know, banned, they banned guns and that shit never happened again. Yeah. So, you know, it's like. it's hard to shoot up a school with no guns. I, it's like, well, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Who the fuck has a, oh my God. a people? Yeah, people yeah, yeah, have yeah. guns. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? It's so it makes, insane. I don't. I'm so done with these arguments. It's all so stupid. I know. I'm done. I'm so fucking done. I'm oh tired. And man, I didn't want to talk about it because I I just start. Crying. I know. I'm sorry, well, but like you I, know, I it's like yeah. It just we feels, can't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we 
Yeah, I know. And it's not like I don't feel like, oh, we're adding like so much new information to the conversation or anything. But I don't know. You know, I, I guess my thought is like it's so maddening. It makes me sick. It makes me so pissed. And I'm like this close to being like, how do I run for government? Because nobody's getting shit done and I'm aggressive as fuck. Mm -hmm. They don't call me the velvet sledgehammer for nothing. Okay, negotiation, bitch, put it in front of me. I will put a smile on your face and you'll agree to my terms. And it, you will not see it coming. And so I know that's right. I'm not saying that like this is my bid or anything for anything because I don't even know where to start. But I am saying while I'm very upset and feeling hopeless like we were a couple episodes ago, um, I still today was like looking, you know, like, where can I put money? Where can I, who can I support yep. that like will get shit done? Um, and yeah, I, you know, take a, take a breath and feel your feelings and, you know, but also don't give up. That's yeah, what I, keep, that's what I'm keep saying. Mobilizing. I'm telling myself that. I know. I, 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 I keep donating to like mom's demand action yeah. and I just, I'm still, I still am staying abreast of the news. I mean, it it's dis, it's disgusting in so many ways and I I all the new information that keeps coming out, I just I'll have I like throw my phone down, you yeah. know, after a couple minutes of yeah, reading you have to. certain things and then I'm like I, and then I catch my breath and I like do other stuff. I watch drag race whatever and yeah. then I go back to okay, what what's happening? Yeah. What else is going on? Just it's you got to stay up, but yeah. goddamn, it's hard. So Oh also, um, we have a friend that's going to be raising money. She's going to be mm. making some cool shit and selling it for to raise money for what is it the organization you just mentioned? Uh, for the Moms Mom. Demand Action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. OK. I think so. We'll post links and stuff on our social yeah. meds. Um, yeah. But she's like make she's like tie dyeing some cool shit and she's very good mm -hmm. at that stuff. So like and all of the money like she, all the money is going straight to that organization. Yep. So yep. we'll share that information when that's available. Okay. Well, that's well, it. Well, let's. Yeah. We, now we can. Listen, this is a hard right turn. Sometimes it is. We don't always got a fun segue. Sometimes shit is shit. So, and then sometimes fun is fun. And nary the two shall meet. That's right. <laughs> that's like today. <laughs> well, we. Let's let's get some escapism going here. I oh, mean, like yes. I was saying, part of a, a healthcare regimen for me is escaping into a book. Yes, and it is. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're pr like in the prime of like fun book reads because mm -hmm. Memorial Day. By the time this is out, it just came and went, and that means it's officially her school summer. <laughs> her school summer. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Well, Girl. I was going to say Herf Girl Summer, but you know what? Ghoul is more inclusive, I think. And so mm -hmm. um, nothing says Herf Ghoul Summer more than <laughs> uh, a hot, steamy read on the beach or in the park or in your very hot apartment because you forgot to put your AC in and it's time to put your AC in. This is a reminder. But. I got mine time. in a box right there. <laughs> yeah. But this is your reminder. Do it tomorrow because um, yeah. it's going to get hot. But yeah, this is like this is the time. This is the fun, you know, like more uh, like 
flirty books, more fun fun books, like light. Light. Put it put your true crime down for a beat. Just take a breath yeah. on that. Yeah. Why not read something fresh and light? And also like I do feel that romance novels as a genre are having a renaissance and it's the one they never had because I think new generations are way less uptight about sexy stuff and they kind of don't give a shit about like mm -hmm. you know there's some there's some um preconceptions around romance the romance category of books and we'll mm -hmm. talk about that but you know they're kind of like oh, I don't give a fuck I read what I want to read and we love it I'm That's here for right. that attitude I think, yeah, this generation of readers, mm -hmm. uh, like millennial women, uh, millennial everybody, yeah. um, Gen Z everybody, all the people are yeah. like shame in that way is like not touching anybody. Yeah. No, like, thank you know, you. like, yeah, no, thank you. We're going to mm -hmm. read what we want to read. We're going to consume the content we want to consume and we're yeah. going to love it all. So, yeah, I think you're right. Romance novels are definitely having a resurgence. Um, mm -hmm. And they're back. They're better than ever. And oh, my God. They are. What's your flavor? What's your flavor? Because they got a flavor for everyone. Like, what do you like? What kink are you into? <sighs> what kind of bodies do you want to see? What kind of, like, love do you want to see in relationships? Like, you, anything you want, you will find it. There is something for everybody out there. I mean, you know, it used to be romance novels were strictly like historical fiction kind of vibes. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Like a bodice ripper, you know, yeah, that like is Wuthering the... Heights type. Yeah. Or or era. even the Avon Avon books were just like the, you know, kind of the the Duke and his raging erection or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or like but <laughs> Should I unbuckle my buckles? <laughs> you have so many buckles. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, my tumescence is pressing against my buckles. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. One of the buckles seems to be caught on another buckle. <laughs> Do you mind if I rip it? Do you mind if I... Rip into these buckles. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you know there's some Benny Frank's fucking romance there novel out there. I know. I tried to find it. If there it. isn't, we're going to write it. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me know if you already know of this or you can find it because I want to read it. And or please let us know if you want to write some. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And collaborate with us on it because, yeah, I'm down for that. On Well, I want someone else to write it so we can voice it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we could do the we could do the um the audible uh well, for it. <laughs> You're listening to Benny Frank's Tuss Dallas. <laughs> Benny Frank's in his coonskin cap. <laughs> Buckle up! It's a horny ride. Oh my god. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> So, but nowadays there's something for everybody, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It, romance novels are are queer. They're you know, every type of love is represented. Polyamorous, mm -hmm. like vibes. You know, like yeah. black, black, brown, indigenous. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's just 
there's it's it's people disabilities like all represented yes. it's all oh there if you want it um mm-hmm. so yeah it's um it's this new I mean it's always been there but it I think it's burgeoning again and there's yeah. and there's just so many possibilities for it yeah um but of course there's this rude fucking I guess people equate romance novels with just bad writing and yes that is true women have historically written it that's the problem it's that's yeah. the bullshit that people aren't saying they're not they're they're not saying it's bad because women write it but that's the like undercurrent of it yeah i mean there is some bad badly written well, there's bad stuff everything out there. yeah there's, but there's bad, bad everything yeah listen men have been writing bad books for longer than women have so <laughs> yeah i'm sorry some of the books that we had to read for school like like jd salinger like come on oh my god like, I don't re- listen. Jesus I don't Christ. remember most of those, but I'm not into it. Calm down. Yeah, um, yeah. So the genre of romance has gotten such a bad rap over the years, but yeah. um, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is. Yeah, where like the kind of background of it, the history of it, and where it's going, and what we can yeah. expect from Ooh, it. Fun. Okay, I love that. So let's define what a romance novel is and is mm-hmm. not. Um, yeah. So a romance novel focuses on the relationship and romantic love between two or more main characters. Yep. Um, that's the main gist of it. And uh, one of the main hallmarks of a romance novel is that there is a ha- quote unquote happily ever after, or you'll see it abbreviated in, you know, like on blogs and stuff as H. E-A, happily ever after. Yeah. Or like a happy for now. mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the thing, the thing that has become true of romance as a genre is like things are wrapped up at the end. There's, you know, a good happy uplifting vibe more than like a, like, oh no, and then they died or whatever. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's uh, more of an uplifting light read than it is like super serious. Yeah, um, it's an escape. Um, it's an escape. Yeah, I I think it's it's up. It's positive. It's upbeat. Usually, I mean, there are, there's some adversity throughout the book. Usually, sometimes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's there's a couple of major formats for the the for the romance novel these days. Uh, category romance and single title romance. Mm-hmm. The first being a series of books that follow the same heroine or hero and the second one being like an, a one-off read yeah that's th- uh, there's a lot of like I mean like, like Fifty series. Shades of Grey you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah is like a whole ass series you follow this one relationship across multiple books um mm-hmm. and like I don't know I don't think I mean like sci-fi does that there's other genres that do that but like it, I think people get so excited about and like really fall in love with a lot of romance characters because that's what the focus is. It's like on this relationship between, you know, two or more people depending on the situation. And like, that's what you get into. You like get to know these characters and you want to follow them. And 
yeah, it's not just like, and it's not just character development too. It's like some of these genres within the romance novel, like these subgenres, like there's sci-fi romance, there's, um, you know, supernatural romance. There's, there's so many subgenres of romance now mm-hmm. that the world building that these authors do is also very, you know, captivating for people and they want to keep learning more about the world that they're, they're creating for their characters as well as the characters story arcs. So, Mm. um, and even, you know, like I would say, you know, how like George RR Martin built this incredible world and there there's like offshoots and like the history behind. So it's like like, prequels and like origin stories and then like a, a tangent of, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's all these ways that like stuff is, is able to go now and and that authors are like keeping themselves open to so I think it's it's a great it's it's a great uh you know kind of gateway for that and it doesn't and and it's like also light at the same time so yeah you do have the ability to like get into these world building uh novels and character development but it also stays pretty fun yeah for the most part yeah um yeah, so like endless subgenres of romance. Oh my god! Um, Literally any like you said historical already, like paranormal, thriller, mystery, sci-fi. Like there's even like erotica, which is like way more descriptive and more just like kind of porny. Er. Well, there's erotica as a genre is separate. I'll, I'll talk about that later, yeah. but there's mm-hmm. er, there's erotic romance. Um, erotic romance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Truly, then like within, pirates, like you, anything, aliens, like whatever you want to read about, like monsters, they've created the world. Yeah, yeah. Dragons, gargoyles, like, oh my I, God. I mean, what is your, like, I don't know, like there's everything. What's your there's flavor? There's something for every. Yeah. What is your flavor? And I don't even mean like sexually. It's like what kind of stories do you like? like do you like sci-fi? Cool. You could read romance novels that are sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. you could support this genre in so many different ways and find what it is that you like already love. Yeah. And then within the subgenres, every type of relationship is explored. Yeah. Um, You know, straight, gay. Uh, yeah. Poly, Dom, Sub, like everything, every single like which way you can imagine. Uh, Reverse harem is something that I've seen a lot. uh, (gasps) Is that a lady has a bunch of dudes? Oh, that I think that might be part of my flavor. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Don't hate it. It's I'm not going to yuck that yum because that sounds yum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just there's just so much. There's so much. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, there's there's I think romance novels have existed though for forever. Yeah. Uh but the the modern day romance novel as we know it was really like as a mainstream kind of genre was established in the 1970s. Yeah. But before that we had some classics like Yeah. Charlotte Bronte and Jane Austen. Like sweet, uplifting stories of romance. Chase, like, chased romance. It was chased. It was, you know, there's not even like a little finger in the butt or nothing. Like we don't get anything from those. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's cute and sweet and people still like to read it. And those had to exist because mm-hmm. 
Elizabeth Bennet had to walk so that Anastasia Steele could spank. And that <laughs> is the truth. That is what had to happen to get to where we are today in the year 2022 of our Lord. <laughs> Listen, it's an evolution, okay? Evolution, yeah. baby. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. So this is just a little background about the history and the rise of the romance novel uh, in the, the 1930s. The current, like, modern day. As how, we how did we get it. here? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did we get here? I wanted how? to know. I wanted Somebody to know. Somebody tell me. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> In the 1930s, the British publishers Mills and Boone, uh, more more like Mills and Poon, I don't know. Shut up, Aaron. Shut up. Uh, began releasing hardback romance novels. The books were sold uh, through weekly two-penny libraries and were known as, quote, the books in brown for their brown binding. In the 1950s, the company began offering the books for sale through news agents across the United Kingdom. Um, and then a Canadian company, you might have heard of it, called Harlequin Enterprises. Uh-huh. Began, uh-huh. Wait, began I, to, I fully never knew that was, like, a thing. I thought Harlequin romance novels were, like, an idea. I didn't know there was an actual publisher. Mm-hmm. Harlequin so. was the publisher. Yeah. Um, Harlequin Enterprises began distributing in North America in 1957. Uh, the cat. It began distributing in North America in 1957. The category romances published by Mills and Boone. So, like the same vibe, right? Mills and Boone. They were they were the like publisher for those books. Um, also, and then on a- for Mills and Boone, that's the detective series that we're gonna write, probably. Absolutely love it. Yeah, like or Bill, I, I, Bills and Boone. Like what? I, something fun like that. Mm-mm. And it's like kills, kills and pills and poon. <laughs> Ooh, pills, pills and poon. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that's the memoir of Motley Crue. That's <laughs> yeah, that's like a firefest situation. I don't know. Oh god. So on October 1st, 1971, Harlequin purchased Mills and Boone. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by this point, the romance novel genre had been, quote, popularized and distributed widely to an enthusiastic audience. Mm. Mm. And this was in Great Britain. They're, enthusiastic. You know, I, I, w- I think we get Great Britain gets a bad rap for being very, um, you know, uptight. Pearl clutchy. No. Yeah. No, they were they were into it. They were into it. However, back then... The romance novel was very chaste still. Yeah. It was like a kiss and then a hint that things were happening behind closed doors. Nothing untoward, if you will. Right. Um, and then an attempt. Imagination. Imagination. <laughs> yeah. So, in an attempt to duplicate the Mills and Boone success in North America, Harlequin improved their distribution and marketing system. They were like, we're going to fuck this up we're gonna Mm. sell all these fucking books ladies are gonna love this so what they would do was they their marketing um vibe was to sell their books quote where the women are aka grocery and drugstores yeah and just that's where the women were Mm -hmm. uh so 
the the stock it stocked drugstore shelves with paperbacks and, and grocery stores and drugstores with paperbacks and sponsored giveaways with companies that sold uh, sanitary napkins, cosmetics, and cleaning supplies. They also began a reader service, which sell, sold directly to readers who agreed to purchase a certain number of books each month. So it's like oh. a book of the month club. Like, yeah, like Columbia you know, Records or whatever. Columbia Records. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then in 1972, the United States finally got a taste of the action when mm. Avon, not the cosmetics brand, uh, Avon was a publisher also, mm. not not the same company at all, mm. um, published and marketed the first current day romance novel, The Flame and the Flower by Kathleen Woodywiss. Woodywiss? Woodywiss. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know. I think Avon missed an opportunity not partnering or acquiring this Avon. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like romance novels, like the overlap of people who read romance novels and maybe people who like love beauty products could at that time have been very much in a a big one circle. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This this book, The Flame and the Flower by by Kathleen Mm -hmm. Woodywiss. Um, this was one of the first, uh, this author was, the heroine was one of the first, like, non-chaste, uh, characters. Yeah, like, like she was not, like, all virginal and stuff, right? Like, she was, like, into sexy times. She was like, yeah, come on, let's go, let's fuck. Oh! And, and people were like, oh! She's like, buckles, what buckles? Everything's off. I am ready. Yeah, I ain't then, even wearing a corset anymore. Yeah, you yeah. I was. I'm not. Yeah, no corset. My flaps are out. Nothing's tucked in. Everything's ready to go. And now I want to do it. Yeah, they. I mean, like stuff. It was still pretty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chased and but but like it was just like more descriptive than anything. Yeah. had been thus far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, this yeah. book. Well, because before that, like, basically it would have been, you know, they'd be like. It wasn't even like, oh, his member or anything, right? Like before this, it was it was like he put his hand on my quivering thigh and then we moved into the rest into the bedroom. And then like the next chapter just starts. And there's a exactly. whole missing part. So this was. Way, yeah, it's like. Yeah. The, yeah, this this is like getting it's getting a little bit more hot and heavy. Yeah, little bit, the, little by little, little by little. This mm-hmm. book sold like hotcakes. The novel yeah. went on to sell two point three five million copies. Mm. Um, Avon followed its release with the nineteen seventy four publication of Woodowice's second novel, The Wood Wolf and the Dove. Oh. Uh, which and two more sexually graphic novels by newcomer Rosemary Rogers, Sweet Savage Love and Dark Fires. Oh. The latter two sold t- the latter sold two million copies in its first three months of release. That's crazy for yeah. a book back then. Like, crazy. I mean, this is like this is like New York Times bestseller list. Like people, it was like yeah, you know, it was it was a lot. Um, yeah. Like, books were just not selling like that back then. Uh, And then by 1975, Publishers Weekly had reported that the, quote, Avon Originals had sold a combined 8 million copies. Wow. 
And then the following year, over 150 historical romance novels, many of them paperback originals. Like, usually a, a new book, when it comes out, comes out in hard hardcover. Like, mm-hmm. that's the first edition. And then it comes out in paperback. These were just, it's like a straight-to-DVD situation for a movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, instead of, or I guess now streaming. Uh, yeah, these straight were, to Netflix. Yeah, these were... A Hulu original. This is a paperback original. This, yeah, 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 Truly. Yeah. This is like, they were just like totally subverting that whole, you know, yeah. normal course of, of book publishing. And this was because they were like, we got to get this shit out. We got to sell all these books. People love them. They're eating them up. We can't, you know, write them fast enough. This is the money maker. Also, maybe how they sold them had something to do with it. Because, like, if it's True. B- by mail, y- you want something that's lighter. And then in the grocery store, like, they're not yeah, going to have Yeah, you just grab it like books. a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're by the magazine. So I mean, I remember Me all too. of the just being like, oh, my God, I want to buy this book. Like, I feel like Danielle Steele books were in grocery stores. Like, I remember totally. books being marketed to women, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, the following year, I had over 150. Uh, historical romance novels, many of them paperback originals, were published, selling over 40 million copies. Jeez. This is a money maker. Yeah. Mass market or formulaic romance novels are sometimes referred to as, quote, smut or oh. female por- pornography. And and by this point in time, they were getting more and more sexually explicit. Right. Um, the, the most – it's – considered now to be the most popular form of modern quote-unquote erotica for women Mm. i i i will delve into this because i needed to know what the difference between romance the romance genre and erotica is um so while some romance novels do contain more erotic acts in other romance novels the characters do no more than kiss chastely so there's Mm. like different levels and different types of books um, the romance right, genre like, runs a spectrum between these two extremes. So right. there's romance novels out here in this day and age that are talking about like getting a huge cum load from a minotaur. <laughs> right, right. Like I am not kidding. Like like the, the, it's this and then it's like – and then he – put his warm mouth on my yeah yeah and you know and his that was and that's it brushed against my neck when he yeah smelled yeah. my hair or whatever and it's yeah like, yeah and that's it yeah. that's like the hottest yeah. part of the whole book but that's the thing like that because sex it isn't like a determinant of a romance novel it's right it's more about relationships and like love and yes but listen we like the ones with a fucking hot steamy scene or more. Yeah. I don't even just want one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, multiple. So here's the difference between romance and erotica. Uh, two separate genres. Mm-hmm. They're mm. both, while both genres likely contain descriptions, sometimes very intense descriptions of sex acts, yeah. erotica, regardless of its length, it could be like a short little short story or novella or like an actual book. Erotica focuses on sexual discovery and romance focuses on the love story. Can oh. and so both of these elements can exist within the same novel for sure. Yeah. But the whole point of of a romance novel is to have the relationship, the love story. 
Erotic romance is a subgenre of of romance. Erotica is a separate genre altogether. Yeah. Um, the author C. A. Balkin has a great article on the difference between the two genres. I believe her website is Chloe Al- Alice Balkin. Oh. And uh, she writes a really good article about this. Um, cool. But yeah, because uh, women buy 90% of all romance novels, most romance novels are told from a woman's viewpoint in either mm-hmm. the first or third person. Oh. And so that gives it that like more, you know, you're in the character's mind kind of vibe. And it's like a very you know, safe feeling, I guess, for a lot of women to read from that perspective. Um, Well, and like you're talking about like escapism or whatever. It's like a way to escape into this world, mm -hmm. you know, easily or whatever. Yeah. Um, Okay. So how old were you when you first found or read your first romance novel? Okay. I I was in college – like, as far as I can remember, because um, I took a class where it, I was an English and textual studies major. So, like, one of the classes I took, we looked at different different texts as works of art. Like, like we studied song lyrics for mm-hmm. one of the assignments. We um, looked at, like, poetry. We, like, it was kind of a smattering. And one of the assignments was to pick a romance novel out of this huge book that – or this huge box that my professor had. And we had to read it in public. That was, like, part of the assignment. And, and because she was trying to, like, push the genre forward. She was ahead of her time. This was oh, mid-2000s. Amazing. Yeah, but that was my first uh, time um, – and mine, I, the one I picked was a fucking dud. I don't remember anything about it, but it wasn't sexy. <laughs> oh. I was greatly okay. disappointed. When was yours? Yeah. I think I was like, honestly, like eight or nine. Um, mm. Visiting my great grandparents, I found that shit right on my great grandma's bookshelf. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, she had so many oh, yeah. romance. I bet. Like, like the, the like Avon. Yeah. You know, the, the heaving You don't just bosom. find one. You don't just like, find one. No, no, no. I That is where I think I, like, first read a sex scene ever oh in my, my life was at my great-grandparents' house. Oh, my God. You're like, what's this? And then you, like, look up. It's like it's like uh, finding a termite or something, and you're like, huh, that's weird. And then you touch the wall, and it just disintegrates, and there's termites everywhere. It's like you found the book, and you look up, and it's like, yeah 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 hundreds of avon books yeah and i read i would just like start reading it and i'm like okay this is like kind of boring or whatever and then i'd be like i think i know there's like some sex in here though so i'd like i'd flip through the book and i'd find the sex scenes and i would just read all the sex scenes of course you would yeah so that's that was my introduction to the genre. You know what I think? And my, my great-grandparents. <laughs> I think the first sexy scene I ever read was in Howard Stern's Private Parts. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's going to stick Which, with you. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. It, I mean, yeah. It's uh, – it's I think my grandma had tons of these books. She was uh, she would churn in through them all the time. She every time we visited, she had stacks of books and she's like, do you want any? And I was like, 
I don't know. I need to like know a bit about the books. If she would have said like these ones are really good, I would have taken them. But I just like never was interested. But I am now. I am well, my gra- my grandma. This is my great grandma. My yeah. grandma always had like the serious like Oprah's bookless kind yeah. of vibe like yeah, books yeah, yeah. on her bookshelf. Like no romance novels to be found. So uh, skips a generation or two. Mm, I guess. Oh my gosh. Well, you know we've kind of talked about how romance novels weren't taken very seriously and I think that was like part of what my professor in college was like she was trying to destigmatize the genre and like push mm-hmm. us because we were all very snobby you know we're all English majors like studying very prolific authors like fucking whole classes on Jane Austen and you know Walt Whitman and all like just Shakespeare and all that shit and so yep. she was like hey these are worthy of your time as well and like these are books by women and you know like give these a try and don't feel shame about it kind of thing um and so yeah like it's no surprise that these books weren't taken seriously by the literary world which was majorly like men at that time um and you know they kind of eked along for a while but they were such a money maker for publishing houses like you were saying like it just exploded and these publishing houses and the imprints they created to be like the name of these mm-hmm. um of these lines of books started to carry a ton of weight and in the 70s at these publishing conferences like they were inviting some of these romance authors to come and sit on panels and like give you know discussions or at least inviting them to participate um but again they like weren't being taken seriously it was pretty fucked up like they'd get a booth way in the back of the conference center or whatever and like it just it was like a jokey thing it was a joke and it was so rude yeah Yeah, because they were the ones making making so much money like yes yeah it was super condescending and it was kind of like I mean like you're talking about just the sales and like how many your great grandma had like how many books on her shelf the like veracity with which women were reading this content it was like magazines like they wanted more and they like weren't satiated and they can read them fast like that's Something that is, I think, a positive about the romance genre is that they're like, quote unquote, easy reads and that they're like very enjoyable and they're page turners. That's like what a a good summer book is, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you just finish it very quickly. And so um, they were at these uh, they were at these conferences and specifically. okay, so in 1980, a groundbreaking romance editor named Vivian Stevens convinced a group of disenfranchised romance authors to band together they had gone to this like southwestern fucking publishers conference or whatever and they came to her and they were like we don't know what to do like we know that we we know that our books are selling but we're not being treated very well and we're kind of a joke like you were saying Mm -hmm. and she and vivian stevens was like okay listen like band together we're gonna we're gonna like push this into its own stratosphere she went and got funding from Dell which is um who she like worked for at the time I think and they founded the Romance Writers of America the RWA and it's it 
still is a trade organization that essentially functions as a union for its Mm. 9,000 members, most of whom are published or aspiring romance authors. And that's it's like getting your SAG card if yes. you're an actor. Yes. It's to like to be a part of the RWA if you're a writer. Yes. It's legitimacy for you and it mm-hmm. gives you negotiating power and it gives you benefits and it gives you, you know, people that like have your back. And so mm-hmm. And you could get nominated for yeah. an award. Yeah, they have their own awards. Like it is it's just something that needed to happen to give this genre some le- legitimacy so that people weren't just like using these authors Mm -hmm. in a way like I mean it's unionizing you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so Stevens was groundbreaking not only as the founder of this organization who was able to get financial backing and everything like she fucking made shit happen not Mm -hmm. she was not only groundbreaking as a black woman in the publishing world which at the time first of all there weren't many women let alone many black people and she was Mm -hmm. a black woman in this business and she was fucking on top Mm -hmm. And I think one of the coolest things uh, where she was groundbreaking is that she really turned up the heat on romance writing as an author herself. So she, oh baby, when she worked at Dell, she published a... Uh, a whole series. It was called the Candlelight Ecstasy series. And it really pushed the boundaries um, for like the two biggest romance publishers, Harlequin and Silhouette. And she basically like brought romance novels behind the bedroom door. Like this Mm -hmm. was like a huge series to really get into the details of like the fucking bedroom stuff. Yeah, the fucking the fun part. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was still a little bit taboo at the time. So she like she just was, I I mean, like so instrumental to this genre. Um, Of course, you know, as with anything, we kind of like been talking about Roe and like, you know, fucking getting shit done, grassroots organizations and stuff. And like, unfortunately, as with any movement started by a or many black women who are generally the ones on the ground making shit happen. White women eventually got involved and kind of like co-opted the RWA into hot garbage. <laughs> Which Oh my god. Did you read about this? Jesus Christ, yeah. It is a it's, fucking mess. Oh my god. But- and we were talking about before we even like started, you know, doing like research for this topic, we talked about how potentially this could be a fucked up topic because you know, just like the the stigma of the romance novel, but also it feels very white woman. Mm-hmm. And it was. And there it was. was you look at and any the, the just the sheer volume of of white protagonists in a yes. in a romance novel is is it's just overwhelming and and that's covers alone too because that that doesn't mean that those books are specifically written right. all by white women but I think like you'll look at some covers of people of color and they're all it's all whitewashed mm-hmm mm-hmm so yeah, it's um the RWA has this uh awards ceremony basically or, or they they do an awards uh yeah, thing oh, for an award show or whatever convention. An award show, yeah. Yeah, it's like their Oscars uh, called the Ritas. Yeah, yeah. And they like give the, you know, best uh 
novella, whatever, like they give awards for, to all these different authors that are part of the RWA, the, the, um, the Rita, if you will. Yeah. And so it's like you're saying this whole organization and it started off like so progressive and like by a a black woman and then it got co-opted by white women who Mm -hmm. really just started to fuck it up and in 2020 at the Rita's the the Rita's that year were canceled the romance genres Oscars basically were canceled um and it was not because of the pandemic no uh it it was was, it was because of some fuck shit some a lot of racist fuck shit that's right yeah um real bad stuff happened uh, basically, the chair of the RWA Ethics Board, Courtney Milan, called out uh, a publishing house, Glenn Finian, mm-hmm. and there was an author. I think a couple specific authors part yeah. of that were part of this publishing house that were retweeting and tweeting racist stereotypes uh, on Twitter, and um, like she got blocked by one of these authors and it just started to devolve into this crazy thing. It's so wild. Yeah. And basically because of this, this all, it was like a thread was pulled, a a racism thread was pulled. And Mm -hmm. then the whole RWA just like fully imploded. Yes. It collapsed in on itself. It freaked out. They're like, Oh my gosh. Like as with anyone with white supremacy, like you're, you don't even realize it, but your instinct is to protect it. And so Mm -hmm. everybody was like, Oh fuck. She's like being too noisy about this thing. Let's get Courtney Milan. Yeah. She's calling us out. Yeah. Yeah. She's calling Uh everyone out. Like we need to have a secret meeting about this. We need to figure this out. They fucking fired her just for calling out on Twitter that, people who had been nominated for that year's Rita were like had very problematic books with very Mm -hmm. racist stereotypes in them that were harmful. Oh my God. Yeah. Racist stereotypes are. Um, And so, yeah, she got fired people in the RWA, other writers and publishers and, you know, in the union or whatever, they were like, what, why would you fire someone for pointing out what anybody can read with their eyes or listen to with their ears like, and it was already the, this author that she was calling out and like the whole, you know, the whole thing that she was calling out yeah. was very well known within yeah. the RWA. And yeah. they were like, this book is offensive. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. why would you defend this? Right. And like, Courtney Milan is right. Like what? Like, this is not a, this is not rocket science. What is happening? So yeah. Yeah. Everything just collapsed. It was so bad. Everybody oh started pulling out of the conference, uh, uh, out of the Rita's, and then it was canceled. Um, this shit was a mess. Oh bottom my line. God. Yeah. If you want to read all the ins and outs of this fuckery, please read the excellent article, Bad Romance in oh Vox. Or, it's so good. Uh, on Vox by Constance Grady. It's so it really goes into detail about all of the crazy shit that happened with this and it yeah. all, and also the history of how it progressively became this really uh you know 
great resource for romance novel writers and then eventually got more and more and more conservative like through the reagan years through the 90s like the just like authors of color like just Mm -hmm. like yeah um not and then in 2005 like i they had an incident where um god it was gay marriage was being discussed uh at some point in 2005 and they had an internal poll, I believe, about like allowing gay relationships to be reflected in romance novels and if it'd be eligible for a reader or whatever. Oh my God. Or to be even included in the RWA. And they had this internal poll with like the board members. And people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course it's we should talk about gay relationships and Nora Roberts even got involved and was like, stop this bullshit right now or else I'm going to fucking call your ass out and I'm going to show, I'm going to pull like, I'm going to pull a full page ad about it in the New York times and expose your ass. You better fucking knock this shit off right now. Oh my God. Yeah. They've been doing some fuck shit. They they, they had like trends of like, hashtag Rita so white like after the mm-hmm. Oscar so white hashtag because nobody of color was getting nominated for anything for like literal decades like it was and and if there was a nominee that whole award show there would be no winners like it was fucking and some other shit yeah Garbage. that's a great article there's multiple articles about um the romance genre and like different kind of facets and history like historical looks at it on vox it's very good yeah yeah um, highly recommend yeah but that's i mean look that's pretty much what we have for today in terms of this topic there's so many other things um but we wanted to you know like my thing is now i want to read some of these books and i want to support some of these authors because this 100%. was a genre created by women for women. And I think mm-hmm. what they've done, like how in terms of the speed with which they pu- they publish these books, the amount of authors that are self-publishing, which is pretty cool, the amount of diversity that can be found in these books if you look yep. for it um, in terms of what you were saying, like relationships and representation and like, you know, different levels, levels of ability, different, um, like neurodiverse situations. Like, so there, there's so many different heroes and heroines that we can follow. And that's not necessarily happening in like the literary world as quickly Mm -hmm. as it is in romance. So that's a very cool thing. Yes. Um, Agreed. But that's all to say there, we have some resources. So there's a site if you want to like kind of delve into the genre of romance novels smart bitches trashy books and this it's a community that was founded in 2005 of romance readers and there's so many great resources there um and uh if you're more of a podcast person which (laughs) my guess is you are um (laughs) (laughs) there's two podcasts that we both have been checking out boobies and newbies is one i have a friend that's been on there uh they read Someone like who isn't um, who's new to romance novels reads a book and the host reads a book and they talk about it, which is cool. And then there's another one called Heaving Bosom, which is really great. So great. Um, They're both really fun. Heaving Bosom has like interviews with authors and stuff. Um, And then I found today if you want to go buy 
some romance novels and you are in the Los Angeles area, Culver City has its own store that exclusively sells romance novels. It's called oh my God. The Ripped Bodice. Oh my God. So fun. So fun. I'm I totally love it. Going. I'm going to go. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll go with you. Oh my God. Yeah, let's go. That would be so fun. We could go have oh lunch my God. and like go get romance novels. <laughs> oh my God. Suck ya. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh I'm into it. How fun. I I'm very excited. To, I love to read and I I definitely like have read romance novels like without even meaning to, I think, like without yeah. even like trying. Um And so, also sometimes but, trying like at your great grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, sometimes trying, sometimes not, you know. And so um I'm just excited to rediscover this genre as an adult as a as a you know now now that it's like that it's evolved to this point where it's not just like a historical fiction bodice ripper like it's like it is so many things now it's so multifaceted and so representative and intersectional and cool I don't know yeah I'm really excited to get into it so me too I'm excited in lots of ways Mm mm-hmm Oh, <laughs> yes! The excitement is palpable. Uh, yes. Well, okay. that is all we have for this episode. But, yeah. Um, stay tuned. We might have some other treats for you soon. Oh, we might have some homework for you. Some, mm. Oh, some fun little things to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's all for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at DTFU Podcast everywhere. Oh, good. Check out our Patreon, DTFU. Oh, it's patreon.com slash DTFU Podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, we would love that. And um, gosh, listen, Yeah. stay positive, stay up, stop reading the news if you have to, yeah. take a break, drink some water, take your meds, get off social call media, your mom. take a break. Call your friends. Yeah. Take like, a walk. Yeah. Take a e- walk. Eat a treat. Eat a treat. Drink some water. Whatever. Drink a glass of water. Drink a nice glass of water. Um, mm. And just take a deep breath. We're here <sighs> for you. We love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of all, stay excellent to yourselves. And each other. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>